0: Today, we have Dr. Savannah Gardner on the show,
1: which was so much fun. It was so much fun. We had a great conversation, not just about uh, um, her business and practice, but you guys had your silly little inside jokes and <laughs> yeah. all the fun things afterwards. <laughs> I really
0: enjoy that, like making friends with people and just clicking. And multiple times, Savannah and I have been like, oh, we're kindred spirits. And it's because we're both Enneagram threes. Mm -hmm. We see the world very much the same way. So a lot of the things that I'm about to say, she's like already thinking.
1: Right, (laughs) right. Definitely a great connection, which is so helpful in her practice. And being a chiropractor, you have to make a great connection with your clients and get their trust.
0: Yes. And she does it on this amazing level with adults where it just feels so natural. I remember sitting there and being like, Oh, this doesn't feel hurried. This feels like we're just having a conversation. She wants to know more about me. And then when I brought Molly in, she was just joking with Molly. It was very lighthearted. Molly was like, Oh, this lady's cool.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. So many times you go to the chiropractor and you just feel rushed in and out. And she has a business model where it's important for her to spend time with her clients. Yeah. Um, and not make them feel rushed or pressured to just get in and out pop, you know, snap, crackle, pop, and out the door. <laughs> yeah. So, bing, bang, boom. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh gosh, we're great.
1: <laughs> so, um, but Dr. Gardner, she is also a very young entrepreneur, yes. which is also fun and exciting that we're bringing so many people on that can inspire younger women to um, start building their businesses. There's no reason to wait to do that. Yeah. And she's got lots of.
0: Amazing plans, too. So I'm really excited her being new to the community, how she kind of shakes things up, and just how connected and involved she is already
1: is really inspiring. Absolutely. Well, we hope you enjoy Dr. Gardner. I'm Sarah. I'm Caitlin. Two women discussing all things in business. Welcome to "She's the Boss."
2: Things
1: had too much coffee this morning.
2: I haven't had enough.
0: (laughs) I feel like uh, I I will drink coffee till it's not good, but I kind of like to drink enough to where I border on the line of I like joke, but I'm like. A little bit of mania, just mm-hmm. like a, on the border of manic. Just like, oh, I can get a lot done, but not jittery. Yeah. It's a really fine line there.
2: Yeah, I feel like a superhuman. It's fine. Yeah. I, I prefer it that way, especially working with pediatrics. Like some days if I don't have the coffee, it's not going to go well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love kids, but I have to stay on their level for them to like keep engaging with me sometimes. Yeah. Because I mean, what I do is kind of weird and different. So if I don't have the coffee, they are just out.
0: we <laughs> are really good at it. Well, thanks. Like, I mean, so <clears throat> Molly, we go, mm-hmm. and Molly is chatty, Kathy, and so, like, just like expressive. You know, you like do some ankle adjustment or whatever you're doing. I'm not even sure. But she, her faces are just like, <laughs> she's just like, she's so intense. And it doesn't even phase you. It's fine. You get used to it over time.
2: No. At first, it's like when people, you adjust them and they're like really quiet and you're like, uh, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Or like someone will, people are very different. Everyone has different reactions. So they'll like, ah, or like whatever. I'm like, you good. Or <laughs> I don't know,
1: like you're <laughs> live. <laughs> oh my so gosh. So you do adjustments on
2: all ages? All ages. The earliest I've ever adjusted was three hours old. Okay. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Like at the hospital? Um, it was a home birth. Home birth. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I wish sweet. I had hospital rights. <laughs> I took my babies to the chiropractor right after mm-hmm. we would get out too, except the two that were born during COVID, but yeah, it's definitely, especially with vaginal deliveries, C sections, I don't think they're quite as. <laughs>
2: Sometimes, I mean, mm-hmm. if they're like yanking them out and stuff, I've seen a brachial plexus injury where like their arm just won't work for a few weeks mm-hmm. just because the nerves get damaged. Yeah. It's so sad, Aww. but it just depends. And then people come in so nervous, like, oh my gosh, you're going to break my baby. And I'm like, I don't even press more than me pushing on an eye closed (laughs) and have you watched a child get pulled out of the womb yeah (laughs) yeah
0: but i think they're so used to what it feels like on them as an adult right right Right. like oh my gosh you're gonna break my baby's neck
2: (laughs) (laughs) a lot different (laughs) their bones are floating in space if you ever looked at a pediatric x-ray it's almost scary they look like little aliens
0: (laughs) yeah yeah that's crazy i have seen like hands Mm -hmm. specifically where like their bones are like super far apart
2: yep I've had pa- like parents will be like, they crack a lot. I'm like, have you looked at an x-ray before? Cause mm-hmm. that's just their little tendons and stuff moving around. It's just weird.
1: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. My my husband would always get nervous when I would take the babies to get adjusted because of that. And I'm like, I promise it's fine. Yeah. (laughs) So
2: it's my favorite when the dads come, they're like staring at you like they're gonna kill you. And you're like, it's okay. This is a crazy (laughs) trust (laughs) exercise. You're gonna get good at this. Wait till she goes to prom. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. This is nothing. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's so great.
1: Nothing compared to that. So tell us about yourself a little bit.
2: So I am are we recording? Yeah. Oh my
0: gosh. This whole time. <laughs> That's
2: what we do. I'm dead. Yeah. Um well, what about me? Um I yeah, so I am a chiropractor. I specialize in pediatrics, but I've, you know, always just enjoyed being I, n- I never say no, like, unless it's a you know red flag, I need to send you out, but I'm always willing to meet people where they're at. So I grew up with a severely disabled sister. Um, and I think that's kind of led me to where I'm at today. You know, my childhood had different little stages that I, when people ask me like, how'd you become a chiropractor? I'm like, it's a, it's a whole story. Let's <laughs> it's hear. not just a 60 minute elevator p- uh, speech speech Speech. you told <laughs> me okay. we're recording and then all of a sudden i just got really <laughs> i <nervous>. know words <laughs> That's- are so
0: hard sometimes too what did i say yesterday i said something like i don't know deliver and i was like okay pull it together
1: okay we need to do like a little like real where we have all of the little snippets that i cut out yeah. Yeah. That's okay. That's (laughs) fine. It's fine. But
2: yeah. So I, um, I grew up in a normal, what I thought was a really normal childhood. Um, I grew up in Jupiter, Florida, heaven on earth. It was great. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up on the boat doing all the things. And then When I realized as an adult that it was a little bit different than everyone else's, that was kind of like a very enlightening situation for me. But my sister was severely disabled, so she had a rare seizure disorder called a cardi syndrome, which is basically the corpus callosum, which is the middle part of your brain that connects the right side to the left side. It didn't form fully. So anytime that she had any stimulus, her brain couldn't process it, and it led to seizures. So. When I say it was severe, she'd have anywhere from 15 to 20 seizures a day. So Ugh. it was a very different childhood for me. Um, And I always older joke. sister, right? She was two years older than me. Yep. Yeah. So I always joke that I'm kind of loud now because as a child, I had to be so quiet because, you know, a lot of seizures are simulated by sound. But for her, it was actually, or excuse me, there were. Stimulated by light or like random things, but for her it was sound. So if you sneezed randomly and it was a quiet room, or if you drop a fork on the plate, oh, gosh. or if someone slams the door, wow. it would stimulate a seizure. And so we'd be like, Hannah, 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 trying to like override her stimulus. But if it didn't go through, she'd have a seizure. So what that led to was just us always being very careful. Um, and I got really comfortable and quiet. <laughs> so was um, that like
0: a thing that your parents, because you're younger, so was that just like, okay, we have to be quiet? Like how was that introduced? How did like you toddler temper
1: tantrums right. and all of those things?
2: I never remember my mom like saying, you know, be quiet or anything yeah. like that. It was just kind of a lifestyle. I mean, if we sneezed, it, like I said a second ago, we'd be like, Hannah, Hannah Hannah. Or like if you felt something coming on, we would try and like create sound so it wasn't such a random shock to the system. Um, I think that's like when I adjust my tables are so loud. I'm like, Hey, just so you know, it's going to be a little loud because uh-huh. to me, that is so overwhelming because that's just my childhood. Anything loud. I mean, to this day, if someone slams the door, you will see me like straight up jump out of my seat sometimes just cause it's like, Oh yeah, no, you have like, like a, a really,
0: um, sensitive startle response for sure.
2: Um, so that was just kind of how my childhood was, but I mean, I didn't think anything of it. I mean, I grew up really fast because I became a caretaker. Um, and I think that led me into healthcare for sure. And going to all of her appointments, I always was like, you know, this is something I want to do too. I see how she gets better. I see how much they care. And she can't even walk talks at her stand. And they're they're still giving so much to her. So I knew that I wanted to be in healthcare, but I wanted to go a different avenue. What I thought was really interesting about my sister is my parents, I mean, she was two years older than me. So when she was a baby, she was put on a ton of seizure medication. And this is back in the 90s. And I mean, I listening to y'all's podcast with Dr. Streets and stuff talking about functional stuff, it is almost newer. Mm-hmm. Um, and back then I applaud my parents so much for having the faith and the courage to do something different, but she wasn't responding well. She lost all quality of life and mm-hmm. It was just heartbreaking for them from the, what they told me. And when she was two years old, they took her into the university of Florida and put her on the ketogenic diet. And it was, now we know it's a very successful treatment for pediatric seizures, but back then she was a pilot. I mean, she was one of the the first people to yeah, go through it. Yeah, that was like cutting edge.
1: I did that too. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: you know, she has a seizure disorder. I did not. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. I have epilepsy. I have complex partial seizures. Oh, wow. So. Yeah, so lights. So anytime my kid's like, watch what I made on Minecraft, I'm like, okay, Ah, yep, (laughs) I'm watching. I'm watching. Or like concerts are embarrassing because I have to like close my eyes when it gets to certain parts and like cover my face. So it's not super obvious. It's not like I can be like, yeah, I'm enjoying the music. (laughs) Closing your eyes. Yeah. Jamming. But I literally like have to fully cover my, my eyes at concerts and stuff, which everybody around you is typically drunk and doesn't yeah. pay attention anyway. So <laughs> doesn't matter. But yeah. And my husband's, you know, we've been together since I was 11. So he's used to it too. So yeah. at what point did you know
0: how to like, take care of yourself in order to not have them?
1: Um, I'm still learning. <laughs> yeah, I'm Sure. Right. So um, I guess a huge for me, awakening moment would be college you know, that's when you're out on your own and you don't have anyone necessarily putting boundaries on you of what time to go to bed. Um, but the biggest would probably be after I had Josie because I was actually off medication.
0: Mm.
1: And when we got married, I wasn't on seizure medicine anymore. They weaned me off, uh, cause I was doing so well. And then I had a baby and my first menstrual cycle after I had her, they came back. Wow. Hormones. hormones are insane. Right. And yep. so Brandon was deployed
0: and
1: oh, wow. they were like, okay, your wife's at home in Colorado by yourself with this baby having seizures. So they Bless. sent him home, um, a little early, a month before he was supposed to come home. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, just that. And even now, like I, I don't have active seizures. I did when I was in the hospital with Samantha. Um, because I had that placenta abruption and they were giving me all these other medications. Oh yeah. And I was just so out of it. I didn't even know what they were giving me, but I can't take benadryl or antihistamines. So anytime I'm sick, I can't take an antihistamine because it makes my seizure medicine inactive. Right. So um they gave me benadryl because I had an allergic reaction to one of the medicines that they gave me, um, the antibiotic <sighs> after my like <laughs> water broke. Oh, god! So it was just this huge thing. So that's really the only time it's kind of creeped back in to my life personally. Um, But even now, like, if I'm super stressed or not physically healthy, I get an aura before I have a seizure. Oh, wow. And I, like, can feel like I'm starting to get an aura and I'll have to do breathing exercises. And the biggest time I feel them is if I take a nap. Oh, wow. In the middle of the day. Hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, it's super. It's super interesting and probably worth people looking into and researching. But I was on the Harvard study for my medication of being pregnant and breastfeeding wow. with the medicine. So seeing the nerd in me
2: over here is like that's awesome. I want to read it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> How it was it published? I assume so. I don't know. Yeah, you didn't
0: follow along. No, you'll have to do that.
1: Yeah, I'll have to <laughs> see. You can look it up. Yeah, it's Lamictal and. Yeah, they did a whole study about being pregnant. So my neurologist is in Charlotte, and he's an epileptologist. So he's all into all of that. So about being pregnant while on the medicine and breastfeeding with the medicine. So I think my kids all turned out. Okay. (laughs) So far. So good. So far. So good. Yeah.
2: And that's like kind of how I practice. Everyone always expects me to be super crunchy, which I will be, I will always support your decision. Like I will never judge you. And based on how you take care of your children, I'm not a mom yet, so I can't step into that, but I watched my mom always, you know, take the lead and, and always feel heard, which was amazing about her, my sister's healthcare team. But that's just something that I pride myself on. Like you do you, I will research and help support you in that as Mm -hmm. long as it's, you know, safe. Um, but at the same time, I kind of lost my train of thought.
1: I have a question though, for your sister, when they do the ketogenic diet, like for me, the problem was is girl as a girl growing up and your hormones changing. Then every single time I'd go through like some type of leap in development, they'd have to change my medicine.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah. And her rare seizure disorder was, I believe only seen in women. Um, like there was, I don't think there's any boys that have a cardi syndrome, so it's like very based off of hormones and. I huh. think there's something involved with the eye. I mean, I really should research it more. Yeah. Um, I didn't have that a, you can
0: like really understand it from the
2: perspective. A the medical, do- yeah. the oh, doctor <laughs> Perspective. Yeah. yeah. I had a neurologist in chiropractic school that I asked one day to like, Hey, if you'll just sit down with me for an hour, you know, can you just explain to me the neurology of her brain and how like seizures would mm-hmm. happen and stuff. And that was so hard to sit and listen to, but it, mm-hmm. I've always been someone that if I can understand the reason why something happens, then I can, you know, be at peace with it. Um, and so that was really interesting to me. I remember crying like a little kid and I'm sitting there, you know, processing grief almost at that yeah. point, but at the same time it gave me so much relief. You know, it's seizures are terrifying, especially for people that aren't used to them. You know, I've seen so many, I'm like almost immune to it, but yeah. if you're, if you haven't been around one, it's, it's scary. And for me, I think you know, as a child, you're like, Oh, does that hurt? Does that, you know, what does that look like for the person experiencing one? And at least in my head, I was like, okay, maybe it didn't hurt or wow. The way that her chemicals process things like she could go into a 30 minute seizure and you know, most people would, they could die. Right. And her body just kept producing enough chemicals to continue to go through one, which was just crazy to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and she would be fine. I mean, what a strong superhero
1: superhero (laughs) yeah Yeah.
2: um so and I could never ask her like what does this feel like what does this look like and stuff so it was just interesting to sit down and kind of learn about it so that's Mm -hmm. something you might want to look into and talk to your like your um your docs about and see if you can read the research article and to see how you contributed to it
1: yeah that would be interesting my it's weird about the female thing too because all the women on my dad's side of the family had epilepsy oh wow like my grandma my aunts my cousins but most of them grew out of it which we found out. So that's how they were like, Oh yeah, you can probably come off your medicine uh-huh. if this is the trend in your family. Yeah. So, and I probably could if I stayed like perfectly healthy all the time, uh-huh. <laughs> but that's not practical. And my medicine doesn't have a lot of side effects. So that's There's good. Yeah. No reason not to be on it. Yeah. But I was one of the spokespeople for GlaxoSmithKline for it as well. Cause I was one of the first people to do it and the study. And then I went and talked to all of their drug reps. How old were you when you went on that? Mm, I was already married. Brandon was Okay, deployed. well, that doesn't make you very old. <laughs> no. You were like
0: <laughs> the
1: I don't old know. age
0: of what? Like
1: I don't remember eighteen. I think I was like I was either. I think I already had Josie when I did it. So I was probably like 22 mm-hmm.
2: wow. when I
1: went and talked to their representatives. Cause at that point I had been on it for six years. So no better person
2: to talk to them too. I yeah. mean, that's incredible.
1: Yeah, I got a free trip to Vegas and they gave me like Tiffany jewelry. Oh, love that for uh, you. They were like, I was like, yeah, I keep oh, taking your well, medicine. Yeah, yeah I that's do. a little uh, insight into the pharmaceutical yeah. industry. <laughs> uh,
0: Here, I'll give you some Tiffany jewelry. Keep taking this medication. Yeah. It's like worth it.
1: You should see the price of the medicine every month. I'm sure. It's $5,000 a month. Oh my gosh. That's why my husband stayed in the army for 20 years. Thanks, you know? <laughs> That's a
2: gift.
0: (laughs) Yeah, man. Wow. Crazy. So did she see any sort of change being keto?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, when she was at least in the pictures I've seen and what my mom has told me, I mean, she was just a vegetable, like that true, just no quality of life. And they took her off that and it took a few months but she all of a sudden was emoting and had emotion and was able to roll and do motor development and was progressing in her therapy as much as she could but mm-hmm. i mean she went from literally sitting in a chair all day to being able to roll and get around and actually contribute to her life as a you know her own person Um, so I think it really just opened her eyes and opened her mind and she was able to like actually live, which was just incredible to me. Um, and I think, you know, with her seizure disorder, depending on the severity of it, she wasn't given a very long life expectancy. She lived till she was 16 years old. And I mean, that was kind of, I figured out my train of thought a minute ago is just the whole combining medical and crunchy and meeting in the middle Mm -hmm. round tabling. It's such a foreign thought now and in the medical field. And it's sad because, you know, there is such a huge need for healthcare providers right now. I feel for the medical community because they are being forced to just get things done as fast as possible and mm-hmm. I know other providers that can't sleep at night because they're only given 2 minutes to, you know, diagnose someone and pre- prescribe something. Um but back then, at least with her doctors because she was a research patient, it's that typical like gray's anatomy how or is it house? Yeah. Where they would mm-hmm. all like sit around the yep. table and talk Discuss about it. things and it's so funny because that's all I know. So when I'm mm-hmm. working with people and they're asking my opinion, I'm like, "Okay, talk to the, your doctor and then I want to hear about it. Like, can we collab on it? I would be happy to go meet with them. Like, I'm always very willing to like try and be a team player. Cause that's all I want to be. You know, I- I'm not going to sit here and be like chiropractic is the answer to everything. Uh-huh. That's just not reasonable. I don't think medicine's the answer to everything. I don't think anything's answered anything. Everyone's body's different. And you talking about how, if you kept your body quote healthy for six months at a time, you could maybe reduce your medication, but your body six months ago is different than your body now. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and that could be environmental, whether it's winter or summer, you know, what chemicals you're releasing, what, how you're processing nutrition and stuff. So it could be a matter of just recognizing that your body is one thing at one time and a whole nother thing at another time, and especially going through like pregnancy and having a baby and stuff like your hormones look a completely different way when you're, you know, just trying to have a baby. Nonetheless, now you're in the first trimester and then you're in the second, third, and then you have the baby and you're going through all these different things and your body's trying to process all these different things chemicals, which are just basically messengers of the biggest thing to connect every part of your body. Um, it's a whole system, but if you don't recognize that your body is different now versus 10 months from now or three years from now, then you're going to be in a whirlwind of trouble. So when people get prescribed a medication and they're not checking in on that every year and they're not doing blood work, I'm like, how Mm. can you trust that this is doing what it needs to do? And I think that's like a huge problem that we have, Um, but I, I think there's just a huge gap in the lack of collaboration. Um, I feel like there's such a big push in collabing. I feel like you see that word everywhere on social media and stuff. And it's like, that's the one thing I feel like we're we're lacking in, in our healthcare system because I can't do my job if I don't know what your levels look like in certain ways, or if it's a orthopedic issue and I need to talk to the ortho and what I'm capable of doing.
1: And they don't have time because it's so short staffed.
2: And I can't blame them, but I also feel for them. And I mean, I I get that way too. People ask me to do a thousand things. I'm like, I I just don't have time. And it's unfortunate, but I try to make that time. I mean, I can't tell you how many sleepless nights I have, like researching something Mm -hmm. or messaging someone. I mean, trying to get someone connected to a doctor somewhere. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's why
0: we need the universal system (laughs) for everybody to put their data into. So it's like, you go to your chiropractor and they pull up your blood work Mm -hmm. and they pull up whatever x-ray you had or whatever. Like, why can't we have that? Yeah. (laughs) Why can't there just be a universal data system that integrates everybody you see and it just goes into one portal?
2: Oh yeah. I'm a firm believer of letting people do what, like do what they're good at. Like, I like being a musculoskeletal specialist. I like being a neurospecialist, but like, I don't want to sit there and try and do your hormones. That's not what I'm good at. I I can understand it and I can have a conversation with you about it and I'll help empower you to go back to your other physician and talk about it. But like, I want to let them do what they're good at because you're going to get better results that way. Yeah.
0: And get that information from them. And then you can see like a well-rounded picture of the entire body. Right. Right. Yeah. I feel like it's so, um, specific now, you know, it's like, Oh, you have this issue. Go to the podiatrist. Oh, you have this issue. Go to the endocrinologist. Okay. You have this issue. Go to the chiropractor. Like, yeah, it's like, Okay. Each Let specialist. me do the, all the things, but I need you guys
1: then to like, how collab. does this all mesh together? Yeah. The good thing though, about the systems, like we can almost all pull stuff up on our app. Like I can pull up all my blood sure, work sure, and sure. show a doctor. And like when Sam was treated for something in Florida and then we came back here, the systems aren't synced at all. And I'm like, here it is. And I like, sent them screenshots Mm -hmm. and uploaded it in the portal. So they knew what her blood work was then. Thank you for doing that as your your (laughs)
2: provider. (laughs) I wish people could do that. They're like, should I bring your x-ray reports? I'm like, yes, Yes. (laughs)
0: please. Yeah. And I think it does get tricky just talking to Dr. Streets. It's like, um, insurance requires something for them to be able to treat you. We need X, Y, and Z. And you're like, well, I just took x-rays at this place Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. I don't even know how it all works because it's a jumbly mess, but, (laughs) um, you know, there's so much red tape to get through to oh, be yeah. able to treat somebody the way that they need to be treated. Right. You know? Mm. Um, and it, it sucks on the other side of it. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> That's
2: it's when you're a service provider, Like I can't show you what I do. I'm like, get on my table. Let me show you what I can do. Right. Uh-huh. I can't just be like, here's a picture of the product. So without all that information, I can't necessarily I can't sell the value and I hate the word sell in healthcare. Like I shouldn't, I never feel like I should be selling someone what I do. Right. Like I want to help you if you need my help. And if not,
0: that's totally fine. That's I don't exactly to... what selling is. I know. It's I know. like, do you have a problem? <laughs> yes. Can you, I ha- solve it? you have a problem. Yes. Maybe what I have can solve your problem. Right. Or maybe it can't. Right. But tell me your problem and then I will let you know. Exactly. And
2: I love that. I mean, that's why I kind of got into the way that I practice because I'm definitely not your typical chiropractor. Um, I, I've worked in the regular offices and don't get me wrong. You're always going to get benefit from an adjustment. It is the best way I can put it. When people ask me like, what's the benefit of an adjustment? like, it's WD40 for the joint. And yes, there's neural input and I can be very specific with it, especially with my pediatric babies and adults too. I mean, I'm always very thoughtful with it, but at the same time, if you're not understanding why something's moving the way it does or why it's not moving or why you're feeling a certain way if if i don't have that answer then i can't i can't feel like i can provide that treatment like, I, it just doesn't feel good to me. And so, I was in an office where I would treat someone for like every five minutes, I had a new patient on the table. And s- especially being in pediatrics and prenatal, like, it takes five minutes for a woman to get on the table. So, <laughs> I would always get so stressed and like, stay calm, stay calm, stay calm. And I love to be on time. I hate to like inconvenience people, but I, you know, having this opportunity to open here and be able to work the way I do. Um, it allowed me to be able to really like get to know my patients and that's been the funnest, the funnest (laughs) look at my good doctor words, but um.
0: (laughs) I think I said yesterday, I said, um, something like. Oh, that really shone through. (laughs) And I was like, I wrote it actually. And then I was like, edit, edit, shined. I'm like, what am I even saying? Hurry. I get it. It's okay. I wouldn't even know
2: what the proper grammar is, but that's fine. I just
0: have to know. Most fun.
2: fun. Most fun. I don't know. That's my favorite. Yeah. Okay. Good, good, good. The best part of my job, I feel like I really get to know people and I get to know their story. Um, But if I don't, I, I love systems. If I don't understand why you're moving the way you do or what led you to get here, then I just don't know how I could create a treatment plan without understanding that. So people get annoyed probably with me. I'm very
0: thorough, but it I, I don't like, find it annoying at all. Well, that's good. <laughs> when I first came in, what, maybe like two months ago mm-hmm. or something like that? Um I don't like filling out paperwork. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I <does>? did it. <laughs> um, and it's thorough. <laughs> but I really appreciated that you would be inquisitive. Like I wrote stuff down and you were like, okay, when did this start happening? Where do you feel it? Like you wanted to pinpoint exactly what was going on. Right. It wasn't just like, okay, come in, lay on my table. I'll fill you out, whatever. And then do my thing. It was like, you wanted to know everything down to like my bunion. (laughs) (laughs) can't forget the bunion I know yeah (laughs) but just and I was just like I don't know how that's relevant but sure let's throw that in there you know what I mean are we gonna
1: add that to our reel for this one
0: my bunion (laughs) you guys sure there's some people on Instagram that love that stop this is like such an insecurity of me it's the ugliest thing in the world I can't believe I even just announced it that's okay
2: I'm insecure about my hands and that's literally my moneymaker is my hands
0: why are you insecure? I got fat fingers when I was in school
2: all of our professors like when you guys get engaged ladies make sure your rings are like one size too big and thank god I did that because my
0: fingers did get
2: bigger with practice
0: <laughs> mm, I wonder if that's a
2: thing apparently so I mean
0: they're strong okay well we'll take a picture of your hands and my bunion
2: <laughs> this is getting a little PG-13
0: <laughs> for the only page that we've started
2: <laughs> hey, Lou, we might be on to something
0: <laughs> oh gosh but no sitting there it was like you wanted to know all the things that were going on, how long they had been going on. And it makes me, it made me as like the client, patient, whatever, be really introspective of like, when did that start happening? When did I notice it? What did it get worse? Is it better? Is it worse with this? Is it, you know, like my tailbone, I'm like, if I sit for too long, this thing kills me, you know, but I wouldn't have been able to pinpoint that if you hadn't asked all the questions. I'd be like, I don't know. I just know that it hurts. Right. My,
2: (laughs) my cheesy little thing that I tell myself and I've even started telling patients is that I want to take you from dependency on me to self-sufficiency. Like I'm going to work really hard my first few appointments, but if you're not, taking this on and empowering yourself to like want to be better than I'm wasting my time. And to be frankly, frankly honest, I don't want to waste your money either. Like I don't feel good about that. And again, those are the patients that keep me up at night. Like how can I get them to take charge of their health Mm -hmm. and actually want to get better? Um, and so like when I get that information and I'm asking you those questions and I see your wheels turning and I see you actually reflecting on things like that's when I know I'm doing my job right. Like when you actually sit there and think about, Oh, that did start happening or, Oh, I do have pain there. Or, oh, this is what's going on. That's where you're taking it and putting it on yourself. And that takes a lot of pressure off of me. Cause I feel like people come in and they're like, Oh, this one adjustment is going to fix everything. Fix me. Yeah. And <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, well, sure. I can get you out of pain. That's the easiest part of my job. Come in a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I can also tell you to go home and take 800 milligrams of whatever, and you're going to feel better. Like, Like the pain's not the problem. It's why, why Mm -hmm. are you feeling it? And people will also be like, oh, it hurts here in my shoulder and I'll adjust their mid back and won't even touch their shoulder. And they're like, what the heck? That has
0: been the craziest thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And
2: they get mad. I'm like, listen, you got to trust me on this because just because you feel pain here doesn't mean that that's where the problem is. So getting people to trust you, I think is the hardest thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's why I have such an intense exam and consultation is just because I want to know what, but I want you to understand that I, I know it. Like I, I I want you to feel confident that, Mm -hmm. I hear you. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. I, when I go to my own doctor's appointments, I get ticked off because I'm like, did you didn't hear me? Like right. how many I'm, I'm allergic to coding? How many times that I've been sick as a child and I get prescribed coding with cough medicine? Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I passed out in college and I trust as a provider. I mean, I trust people all the time and I still get wronged too, but I'm sure, you know, we're not perfect and that's a lot of pressure to put on us, but. Which is also why as a patient you advocate for yourself. Right. You and know? I want people to do that because you know, if I'm missing something, I want to know. And I feel like if I don't ask questions then I don't know, mm-hmm. and I don't know, and I don't want to flail. <laughs> so how long no. is
1: a first appointment with you for you to do all of that? Typically?
2: It's usually about an hour. Um, I always block out about like an hour and 15, just in case I need a little bit extra. Sometimes it's really simple and people's stories are Simple, and that's all they want to tell me, and that's fine too. Um, I'm only liable for what you tell me, but at the same time, sometimes people need extra care. Uh, my special needs kids, sometimes it just takes them a minute to just get used to the room, mm-hmm. the way it smells, the way it sounds. I mean, I'm in a gym, so it could be popping in there. Yeah, <laughs> I need them to little dance fit going on, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's usually about an hour, and my follow ups are about 30 minutes. I'm honestly toying with the idea of making longer appointments, I feel like I'm always running over five ten minutes sometimes. Um, De- depending on the issue, some people it's really easy in and out, but some things I feel like I really need to put a little bit more time into, and I want that flexibility. But again, with that comes more. You know, my my time is money, so unfortunately, yeah. that's going to cost more. But I get better results. I would rather see you four or five times and you feel better
0: than see you like twenty, thirty. You know, that's just- and that was one of the interesting things. I I think I went to my parents' house after the first time after we met. Mm-hmm. And you had said to me in that first meeting, like, I, I'm going to, we're going to do this like a couple times a week for the first couple of weeks, get you to a place. And then you can like come in for an adjustment whenever you feel like it. And I was like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Like that's, that's the thing. And that's the first thing that I went and I told my parents was like, she doesn't want to see me forever.
2: <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I get sad when I start to like, you know, what, what's the word? Like retire someone from a, a campaign yeah. or something. Them. Yeah, yeah. I get <laughs> sad because that's, like I said, that's my favorite part of my job. I feel like I get to know your life story and yeah. I get to almost become friends. I have to, you know, be careful with that and toil the line of professionalism. But at the same time, I feel like because I get to spend time with you, I understand things. And it's, it's interesting. I've had to go to patient funerals or I've had to go to like Mm. different events and stuff. I mean, I go to birthday parties every now and then for some (laughs) of my kids, like you just get so you become such a big part, important part of their life at that time. And they want you involved, which is so kind. And that's when I like really sit back. and like, wow, I love what I do because I actually get to like make a difference. And I see it. Um,
1: Well, even small things for us, we were talking yesterday about when I started going to the chiropractor was because they put the epidural in the wrong mm -hmm. place in my back uh, with Josie and, you would think I would stop having kids. I feel like every podcast I tell like a horror story. <laughs> what on earth? Anyway. Um, so, but eventually I got it to where I was like immobile. Like mm-hmm. I could not get them in and out of the tub, the kids, uh, you know, and then after having another baby, it just made it worse. Right. And then my son kept getting ear infections mm-hmm. and had multiple sets of tubes, Bless. started having hearing loss. And then, you know, he. Speech issues, all the things from it. And one of my friends was like, Go to a chiropractor, take him to a chiropractor. And he never had another one. Or if he would start complaining, then I would take him and he would adjust it and then it would go away. Right. And so it was just incredible, like the life change. And so that's why people make that connection with you because as a mom of a kid with constant ear infections, it's like, Oh, it's just an ear infection. It may not seem like that much but it was, I'd have to call out of work. He'd mm-hmm. have super high fevers, like 105, 106. Like
2: I'm sure with you having al- epilepsy too, that's a concern. Like, you know, those infantile seizures are always a thing with fevers. Like there's probably things that are like red flags to you going off as a mom.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he never had a seizure with it. My daughter did have a seizure with wow. a fever once. Um, but then at open house for school one night, when I was a teacher, he was in my classroom with me hanging out and his Eardrum busted, oh gosh. No. and like leaking oh, no. out, and it smelled horrible. Oh. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Uh, <laughs> but like, this was a severe. <laughs> Gives me the I know it's or disgusting. And I over here, like
2: squirming. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> but this was a severe issue. Yeah. Oh and yeah. Going to the chiropractor fixed it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just like if... good for you for like
0: doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Especially as a young mom. I just feel like there were so many things that I just did not know. Mm-hmm. And didn't even think to know. Right.
1: You know I what I mean? can't tell you
2: how many how many of my moms that come in are like this is the last resort but I'm about to give up at this point. Like I don't know what you do, but here's my <laughs> child and good luck. <laughs>
0: like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Instead yeah. of a, like maybe a first stop.
2: Yeah, which I think we're slowly becoming that especially uh-huh. as people learn more about, you know, birth and birth trauma and all that and how it impacts baby and mom. Um, you know, I had I in working with a lot of pregnancy, a lot of my patients ended up bringing their babies to me on their way home from the hospital. I'm like, this is such a cool moment for me. Like the fact that it's, it's not even about me adjusting and the treatment provide. It's just the fact that, they see the value. And I mean, of course, I know the value. I'm a chiropractor. I love it. I think everyone should get adjusted. But it's the fact that they see it and they know it and they wanted it without even me having to educate them on it. They're like, I think this would be a good idea. Can I do that? like, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Like, I wish I could come to the hospital and do it for you. But that's just so cool that they eventually it becomes part of a lifestyle and I think that's like we're slowly transitioning to that as a society. We all want to do the preventative things more than anything now, but it's just cool to see that become a part of their life choices and their health choices. I love being a part of families' healthcare teams. Like it's just fun for me. I get to see things as they happen. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's just nice when they start to actually come to you and say, is this a thing that you can help with? I'm like, I don't know. Let's find out. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the beauty. I think everyone should have us on our team. I don't know how people don't have a chiropractor. Cause like if I hurt myself and I have injured, like a pain in my shoulder or something, I'm not going to the ortho first. I'm going to go see right. my PT or my chiropractor and see what's going on. And if they think I need to go to the ortho, then yeah, they'll tell me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm very quick to refer someone out if I don't think I can help them, but
1: Yeah. So do you primarily focus on women and children or everybody?
2: This is an interesting conversation.
1: (laughs) And, um, in
2: Georgia, I, you know, being a military spouse, I was new. We just got married. I just moved there. And I was, you know, somehow I got connected with the prenatal community. Um, I had OB sending patients to me and I almost niched to the point where I was just babies and mamas. Um, and I loved it. I loved every second of it, but it became a thing where I started missing like my sports, my athletes. And I started missing, you know, everyday people. <laughs> Cause you're an athlete. Yes, I I was, yeah, I am. I am.
0: Hold on. All- an athlete, I have a body, always <laughs> an athlete.
2: Is that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> I so I niched really hard there and I almost wanted to kind of escape that a little bit, but now being in a gym, I feel like I do a lot of sports cars So I'm like, I kind of miss my babies and mamas. So I, my goal is to eventually get to where I can do, do it all that I can, um, that I enjoy, because if I'm not having fun, I don't want to do it. Um, but that's going to require me bringing on help eventually and, um, being able to select things that I can do, but I'm actually a certified pediatric chiropractor. I did a lot of training with that. Um, so that's technically my specialty, but you know, I just in school, I got into it because I just kept asking why, like, why are not we ask, like they teach you something about an organ and I'd be like, okay, but what's that look like for a kid? And the professor would be like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, but that's not, <laughs> it's not good enough for me. I need to know, um, because they have a body too. And I, I expect to treat everyone. I always joke. I treat room to tomb. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, 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 any age, um, I'm not in network with Medicare here, but <laughs> I will help mm-hmm. you find someone. Um, but I always just wanted to know why with kids. And that's just accidentally fell into pediatrics and prenatal. And then everyone's scared to touch a pregnant woman. They're like, Oh my gosh, like, they're going to get hurt. There's this whole fear factor with it. I'm like, no, that's like the best time to get adjusted. Are
1: you kidding me? Mm, that's when I got my first adjustment was yeah. during pregnancy. Cause I was that whole sciatic nerve. I was like, I can't walk. Yeah, And it wasn't even that big yet. So yet
2: <laughs> I have some moms yeah. that have their worst pain in their first trimester and it's funny. Sure. They get yep. frustrated. They're like, I can't even see the bump. I'm like, I know, but your body is changing so, so much right now much and rapidly. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's so minimal, but that's sometimes that's the hardest part of change. It, and and people come in and they're like, Oh, I hurt more after my first visit. I'm like, yeah, because we're changing.
0: Like it right. might, this is not a linear thing. Yeah, <laughs> It mm-hmm. might go up and down for a little bit. Well, yeah. Um, and people who have had like chronic things, like oh, I have yeah. scoliosis, mm-hmm. it's not terrible, but my body has grown that way. And yeah. so my muscles have compensated yeah. to be able to function. And I've never. I mean, to be honest, somebody mentioned it in like, I think I was like 12 or 13 at the doctor and he was like, yeah, you have a little bit of scoliosis. And I was just like, well, well okay. You know? And <laughs> like my parents never, it was just not a big deal. Yeah. Um, but I've noticed it way more as an adult twenties, thirties. I told you this, like went to a neurologist yeah. because I was like, I'm having this like swooshing nerve pain on my right side of my back. Um, and he did no exam on me. Didn't even touch you. Didn't touch me. I yeah. sat at his desk. He was across his desk from me, and I sat on the other side. And he said, Oh, well, you just had a baby, right? I read that. And Molly was, I don't know, six months old. And he goes, Do you carry her on your right side? I'm like, Yeah. And he goes, Do you carry like all of your diaper bag and all that stuff on your right side? I'm like, I guess, yeah, I do. And he's like, That's what it is. Oh, Switch it up to your left side. And I was like, Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. You know, like, uh, I don't, yeah, you're the professional. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting there like, Yeah. Okay. That's that's so it. So I did. Yeah. I would like even it out, you know, carry on both sides. And it still didn't go away. And I was just like, I, I don't know. I guess I, I just w- have to live with yeah, this. Yeah. Where else <laughs> do I go? Yeah. You know? Um. And then. I get massages pretty regularly at Thrive. Go see Krista. I hesitate to say that because <laughs> she will fill up even more, but she's amazing, especially if you are an athlete and mm-hmm. you need to, like, get some stuff worked out. She's your girl. So um, she, I'm on her table a couple months ago, and she's like, you know, I'm always like, dig into that upper back, you know? <laughs> and she, like says something to me at the end like well yeah it's the scoliosis it's really and i was just like oh my gosh there's that word again like Mm -hmm. what the heck i haven't thought about
1: it since you were 12 yeah
0: i literally like i don't know if you have those glitch in the matrix moments (laughs) where you feel like you're a child again or like your child is (laughs) your sister or something like that like i I have weird things like
1: that so raven
2: yes (laughs)
0: yes <laughs> yes they always did. have a raven moment <laughs> <laughs> yeah where you like flashback. back yep. and i was like oh my gosh yes somewhere along the way somebody did tell me i had scoliosis yeah. and she's like you really need to go say a chiropractor the in conjunction with massage <laughs> i know <laughs> and i was like okay done and i had just seen brandy post about you yeah. being in the gym and so i was like i'm gonna go see her you know like she looks nice (laughs) and fun. And like, I, I think people have, some people have an aversion to, um, like young people in any industry. And I want to talk about that. If you have any complex around that, because (laughs) I did in my twenties, I was like, no one's going to take me seriously, but I would actually prefer that because we grew up in a way and you're a little bit younger than we are, but you have all this information that you can go learn other stuff beyond what you're being taught at school. Right. Right. Like you can be like, Oh, I'm super interested in this. I'm going to dive into this. And you don't need like a degree to say,
1: Oh, I'm really good at that either. Right. so you have a degree and you're a doctor. <laughs>
2: Listen, but I wouldn't have done all that school if I didn't have to, yeah. <laughs>
1: right. but it's not like she went to school 40 years ago and then hasn't kept up exactly. on the current. And that's, I think research. the, And, and, and I don't think it's that way
0: across the board. I don't want to make it like a sweeping generalization, but my experience says like, when I go see some of these older doctors, they're very set in the way that they practice. And there's not a whole lot of dialogue on anything that I've researched. It's almost like poo pooed, like, yeah, don't Dr. Google yourself. And like, well, there are a lot of people sharing information on the internet that could be relevant to me. Right. So I really loved that when I came in, it wasn't just about the adjustment. You then had me in the gym dying most of the time. And it looked (laughs) like I was doing like simple little things, but I was literally like, this is the hardest workout that I'm having to do today. And I would be lifting, you know, Squatting and deadlifting and all of these things, but going to see you to do some little movement to move my stupid whatever that muscle is, scapula or something. Who cares?
2: I call it <laughs> I don't know muscles. It doesn't matter. You just got to feel it. <laughs> whatever that one on your back <laughs> uh,
0: um, was so hard,
1: but so life changing. Yeah. Do you get super sleepy after adjustments? I do. I'm like interesting. I get super tired. That's and, so funny. And I'm like kind of like ah. <sighs> like I'm like ethereal, <laughs> like ethereal. Is that the word? I Theorial. don't know. What yeah. are you trying to say? Yeah, eth- <laughs> ethereal. And you know, I'll go home and it's like chaos, and I'm like, mm, no big deal. Did you take a CBD gummy right before too? Though no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering
2: if that's working in conjunction. No. I love to see how people respond because everyone's so different. I mean, I feel like I can go run a marathon when I get it. That's how I feel. Yes.
0: I walk out and I'm like. I feel like there should be like music. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> You're strattin- mm, mm, Oh yeah. I need a producer. <laughs> let's go. With like a hair blowing machine. Oh yeah.
1: yeah. M- maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We need to go get adjusted and then <laughs> see how us, we both feel yeah. afterwards. Yeah. And then like walk out and film you with your hair and, <laughs> and you can just sleep. I'll just lay down
2: <laughs> on the That's sidewalk. Awesome. I always tell my mom, here's two side effects that I see with pediatric adjustments. One, a blowout. That's a big possibility. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, two, either they're going to be really sleepy or they're going to be really excited and ready to play.
0: So, good luck. Be <laughs> <There>,
1: prepared. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it does the opposite of what you normally are. Right. Because normally oh. I'm like, Durr. yeah.
0: No, no, that would not be the opposite for me. I think
2: it depends on what the goal of your treatment is. You yeah. Know? So, I mean, if I'm doing a lot with musculoskeletal stuff, yeah, you should probably go feel like you're going to go run a marathon because I'm I'm really making your muscles work. I'm really mm. getting the blood, like the blood pumping and all that. If I'm doing nervous system stuff. Yeah. You should probably feel a little like gentle or relaxed or whatever it may be. I mean, I have a kiddo right now that I'm working with who has autism and he is really obviously stimulated and very sensory um, sensitive, <laughs> sensory sensitive. <laughs> but um, it's interesting as soon as he gets adjusted and stuff, like all of a sudden he's very calm and able to just kind of process things and his, his brain's functioning right. Um, and that's just cool so to watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, some people laugh after adjustments and they're like, sorry. And they can't stop. Like they get the giggles and I'm like, it's okay. And I just let them laugh because it's actually an autonomic nervous response. I have people cry. I had mom, mom or yeah, she was a mom. She's early pregnancy and she was just in so much pain, I guess. And we adjusted and she, I didn't say anything else. sudden. she's crying. I'm like, are yeah. you okay? She was like, yeah, I mean, it felt great. And I don't know why I'm crying, but yeah. like, I just I just feel like I need to cry. I'm like, that's okay. Just let it, let it happen. We'll get through it. You want me to cry with you? Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. I think I you know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. So you just opened the practice a couple months ago. Did I you did. just move here because of the military? Yes. So I am not from the here. New girl in I'm town. The, the new
2: girl in town. What is that from? You're you're in the theater. What is, is that hairspray? The I new don't girl. In t- I should not <laughs> sing on this podcast. I'm not a singer. <laughs> 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 we just talked about
0: just talking about singing downstairs oh yeah how you Hannah Montana did in the car and Hannah Montana you... was my thing like so oh funny. man before, that makes me feel old
2: <laughs> <laughs> every board exam because we take five board exams as chiropractors and every single one the night before my roommate and I in chiropractic school would sit and lay in bed and watch the Hannah Montana movie and it was like the
0: biggest pump up <laughs> oh yeah so it's like it's like ingrained in you oh, as yeah. something that you do or watch that like pumps you up oh yeah it's fine it's i love just that my weird quirk but yeah You're right hairspray okay. wow i know your it. musicals Check listen mama mia
2: hairspray all the things i love to go I, I need to come see y'all's
0: shrek show or something i mean yeah. i need a full junior the musical <laughs> performing at encore it'll August. be over by
1: the time this airs but you don't know that <laughs>
0: <laughs> we can We're just gonna keep going. So we can uh, <laughs> I need a true. full list
2: of all the things this year. I'll beat it all of it. <laughs>
1: <gasps> yeah. yeah Forever plaid. That's Ooh. a fun one. Mm-hmm. And then Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Mm-hmm. Um oh we have a murder mystery dinner theater before that we should
2: do a girls group and go do that wait sign me
1: up yeah i love it it's called playing dead it's like um it's really funny but the cool thing is the ending will be different every time so even if you go and like everybody has to try and guess who the murderer is so even if you go twice i'm stressed the the answer is not gonna (laughs) be the same so um yeah it's super fun that's interesting i didn't know Mm -hmm. so it'll have um different endings every time which is gonna be fun for the actors too yeah so freaking cool yeah and then we do a dinner theater with Ashton's which we need to have Ashley on sometime that would be awesome um mm -hmm, so good and we're doing don't dress for dinner which is like a comedy farce like a little risky about people having affairs yeah that's the affair one yeah
0: at um uh help me what's the night the the season reveal yep that was a good one yeah that that was great funny I was into it
1: and then we'll end with Nonsense, the musical. Which is hilarious. Yeah. Tell me there's nuns. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's That's nuns. Awesome. And singing nuns. Yeah, singing nuns. And they're trying to plan a funeral for one of their sisters, but they don't have enough money. So they're doing like this fundraiser um, talent show. And it's oh, hilarious. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They should start an OnlyFans page for their bunions
0: <laughs> and their fat <laughs> fingers. We can definitely <laughs>
2: contribute. <laughs>
1: I know a girl we should write a show like that yeah we'll get Kena to do it Kena wrote the murder mystery yeah and she writes the funniest scripts yeah oh my gosh and we we do the improv nights where like the audience (gasps) can participate sign me up would you do that would
0: you be would you do improv
2: you know, I don't know if I could do improv, but I will be but there. You will la- watch. Okay. Oh, I, what's the old show. I used to wake up at like 2am. Anyway? Yes. Oh my gosh. It's a great one. Yeah. It never fails to make me laugh. Yeah, yeah. That's the best kind of humor for me. If, if it makes me uncomfortable a little bit, because I, I don't know, that's like a natural reaction. It's a neurologic thing. Like we laugh when we're uncomfortable, uh-huh.
0: but that's my favorite kind of comedy. Do you laugh when you get in trouble? I mean, you probably don't get in trouble anymore, but like when you try to think of when you did, did you you get in trouble? I bet you didn't get in trouble. I was
2: definitely, I mean, I'd like to toot my own horn a little bit. I was a good kid. You hear that mom and dad? Um, I always wanted, You kind of had to be. Yeah. I never wanted to put that burden on my parents. Um, I was, I'd always show up like two or way before my curfew or like my mom always jokes that she'd always ask me like what my punishment could be or should be because I'd always make it like 10 times worse than what she thought. Like one time. I, I don't know. I was probably doing some, whatever. It doesn't matter what I was doing. It's probably something <laughs> super stupid and not a big deal, but I'm like, you should ground me for three months. And she was like, I was thinking like maybe a couple hours with no technology, but okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then would she do the thing that you said, or would she stick to what she thought was appropriate? Oh, she,
2: nah, she'd let me, I, I'd punish myself way too much. Like she'd let me process the feelings and be like, are you okay? Like, yes. Okay. We can move on. She would let me kind of make sure that I felt a little guilt about it, but mm-hmm. Again, internalize it and and do something about it. I think it was always a learning experience. So
0: as an Enneagram three, <laughs> <Yes>. yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're probably harder on yourself than 100%. anybody, and that's a thing that threes and ones have in common. Mm-hmm. Yep. Usually, way harder on ourselves than other people. Yeah, oh, for us, yeah. it's failure. For you, it's judging yourself. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is one that thing I sense. don't do. I won't. I'm happy to be the goofball in the room, but it's hard for me to judge myself or someone else. But yeah. I will. I I mean, judge is the word, but. I'm super critical of interactions with people and stuff like oh did i say that right or like did they think i was dumb or oh my
1: gosh totally oh you're gonna have a hard time today you're gonna leave afterwards <laughs>
2: like oh 100 the fact that Ooh. we were recording i didn't know i'm like oh no and then i got all nervous i know
1: i can't remember who was on recently and afterwards she's like should i have said this should i not have said this should yeah I, like over analyzing it and it's like no it's great it's
0: fine someone needed to hear what i had to say right exactly yeah. Exactly. No, like, it's just a conversation it's seriously just a <laughs> About so talk about being the new girl in town. Oh yeah. The new girl in town. And <laughs> I know that you, what were you at? Like the village wine shop or something? Yeah. Their so story.
2: it's, I'm almost coming up on a year of like knowing I was moving here. So back in August of last year, my husband and I were like, okay, well, he's a big golfer, which is a whole other conversation too. Um, but he was like, let's go play golf and just go see the town. Like just go see what it's like and you can just feel it out from there. And so we planned a trip to come up here and we were him and his dad went and played golf and his mom and I went and sat at the w- village wine shop and just kind of did our thing. You know, we're, we're good at that. So we're sitting there talking or whatever. And I went inside to get a refill and there was a group of four women sitting next to me. And one of them was Ivory with Spoon Liquors Catering, who is amazing. Um, it was her and a couple other women. One is the owner of a boutique in town. One is an ER physician. And the other one was a, I, I don't know if I can say what she does or what her husband does, but very important for my husband's career. And so, It was just every woman that I needed to meet, and I love that it was all women too. Um, and so we were sitting there and they were like, What are you doing? What's going on? I kind of told them what I'm, you know, trying to accomplish. And Ivory immediately was like, You need to meet Brandy. I was like, Okay, sold. And it was funny because earlier that my, that day, my realtor Elena Potts, she's oh. amazing, by the way. We <laughs> were love just her. like connected every to person. All <laughs> the people. Oh, that's It was amazing. such a sit back moment. I remember driving away that night and just like having tears running down my face, but like the biggest smile because I just had it, that point in my life like i was in a town in georgia that i wasn't from and i'm new to my career i'm still learning how to be you know a doctor and everything in some ways and it was just one of those moments like oh i think i can i'm gonna love it here like the sunset was good it was a good golden moment you know the Mm. enneagram three and three in me i'm like this is so aesthetic i love it yeah But every single person that I could have possibly needed to meet was there right in front of me. And it was just one of those pinch me moments. Uh And from that day, I've just felt like this is where I'm supposed to be. This is where I'm meant to be. And it was all supposed to happen this way. But that night I got connected and it was, what was amazing to me is when I reached out to Brandy, they had already told her about me. And I was like, the fact that these people would reach out. And go ahead and start that conversation for me. This community is Welcome such to Moore County. a yeah. gift. I mean, it's amazing. And it makes me want to pay it forward. I tell mm-hmm. that to Brandy all the time because she's such a mentor for me as a new business person. But yeah. I'm always like, please let me know when it's my turn to pay it forward. And you just tell me how and I'll be there because it's just... I can't thank everyone enough. I mean, and and I love that everyone understands that I want to be able to help people too. Like I love that about the county in this area is that everyone is just like, how can we help each other, and in turn, all be helped because of it. I so know.
0: it's just super cool. It's collaboration. Yeah. So
2: I <laughs> met everyone in August. I know that collab word. I know <laughs> that's the theme here. Yep. Um, but in August is when I met everyone. Went home, kind of like just sat on it a little bit, let myself brainstorm, and then. All of a sudden Elena calls me and is like, This house that you kinda liked, there's one coming up by the same builder. Like, do you want it? And at that point it was, Okay, I don't want to leave my job right now. I love all my babies and my mamas and my boss is awesome. And I, I do love this here, but I just feel called. And so I just took a big leap of faith and moved up here. My husband's still not up here. I moved here by myself and moved wow. into a home in February. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I presents its own challenges. Yeah, yeah she, for sure. She's so been... <laughs> soloing it for yeah. a year. I, I feel like I'm going to be a good wing woman now. So if you ever need someone to go to something alone, <laughs> like, if you, need someone, you call me. Um, but yeah, I moved up here in February. It was super cold and amazing at the same time. And I was like, okay, here Florida we go. Girl. Yeah. The Florida girl in me was dying, but, um, yeah, I moved up here, got settled and, right away, opened up a practice inside of a gym. And I was like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I'm only 26, but here we go. I <laughs> don't yeah. know how I got here, but I just feel like it's meant to be. And I, I just look back now, it's only been a couple months and it feels like it's been 10 years, but
0: well, you're so connected in the community. Yeah, It's like, you've made so many really personal connections right. that matter. Yeah, And so it was just like, okay, the stars aligned 100%. and here we are.
2: I don't like to like use the word lucky, but I really just mm-hmm. feel it. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I got here. And I, I think a lot of things led me here. Like I said earlier, but yeah. it's just,
1: I just pinch myself all the time. I, I just can't believe it. So is your husband eventually coming
2: here? He moves up here next month. So oh, I finally. know finally, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it's funny because I'm such an independent person growing up with my sister and stuff. I was very, you know, just do it on your own, figure it out. And I'm so grateful for that. But when he's here right now, he's not working. So I'm like, I love
1: you, but I, I got to work. I got to go to work. Um, uh-huh. Go golf or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> so there sure will be, be that itself.
0: yeah transition. Yeah. You re, know,
1: re, even though it's not a deployment, you'll have that reintegration that you'll have to do once he gets here of like, now I've built this life here for me right? and how you're going right. to fit, into, fit it. into it and then how you're going to make the you know changes and right. compromises from yeah.
0: for it to be a wee thing instead of just a me thing yeah mm-hmm. yeah which
2: is hard for me and it's i always joke with my girlfriends cuz i'm one of the first ones to get married we were high school sweethearts so when you said you met your husband and you were 11 i'm like oh that's so cute <laughs> um but a lot of them always ask me things like you know for advice where i'm like i'm not the best for advice i didn't have a lot of breakups and stuff but one one thing i know is that my husband does have emotions and he does have feelings and i've yeah. got to remember that sometimes cuz as uh-huh. an enneagram 3 like, yeah. i'm just so in my world i just I'm always thinking about what's important for me, which is so selfish, which you need to be selfish sometimes. But it's funny when I sit back, I'm like, oh, he cares. Or like, oh, like I should have let him lead on that. Or, you know, stepping back and learning to do that is hard asking for help has always been hard for me. So I'm learning to do that. And that's the beautiful things. The lessons I'm learning as a business owner is when I'm, you know, can step back and let someone do what they're good at or Mm -hmm. ask for help and feel okay about it. Not question my existence.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, And one thing that's great is that you're doing it so young, like you're starting your business so young and you're going to have it established. And then if you guys decide to have children or anything, you're learning a lot of those hard lessons that Mm -hmm. you'll need in together in Parenting of oh, yeah. who takes the lead on certain things and what conversations to have and all of those things. That's a that's a good thing to learn. Younger. Early on. Yeah. Early on. It'll be yeah. the
2: fun
0: parent. I'm gonna be over there like you didn't stretch enough or <laughs>
2: <laughs> you didn't do the warm-up protocol we talked about. Yes.
0: <laughs> so speaking of starting young, I was about the same age when I opened the school. Yeah. And I had a huge complex of just like, oh my gosh, people probably think that I'm a fraud maybe not a fraud, but just like, how is this girl, this little girl opening anything? She doesn't know anything. She has no life experience. Um, and that was that it never stopped me obviously, but it definitely was something that I was in my head about a lot. Like I thought so often, um, you know, when I had to talk with parents and which I was a parent, but just with people and leading and building a team, like, okay, how do I present myself in a way where people are going to take me seriously? And I learned that if you just show up in the way that you know, like you're good at, you you know what you're good at. Yeah, what do you bring to the table? Be confident in that. Yeah. And it will happen naturally. Yeah. People will trust you, respect you, like you, you know, all of these things if you show up authentically with what you're good at. Yeah. It is
1: hard when people are older than you though because it's like you feel like you need to have... (laughs) Like you're the boss, uh-huh. but you also need to respect your elders. So it's like when you have to be the boss to somebody older than you, it's it like. It is really Ooh. interesting. Yeah. 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 I'm like, oh man, but <laughs> there's so much older than me. I feel like I need to be like, yes, ma'am. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I catch
2: myself saying that the patient sometimes like, is the, if that's okay with you, like yeah. I'm always like, I need your permission. Right. But I'm like, I'm the expert in the room. You want mm-hmm. my, my full feedback right. and you don't want me to waver about it. So let me put my hat back on and, and mm. do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. Feel confident in that yeah. no matter
0: how old you are? So I, how is that? Yeah. How's that journey been for you?
2: Confidence, I don't want to say hasn't been an issue for me because that sounds very um pretentious, but nope. it's not. It's self belief. Like I've always said, confidence is so external. I can I can put on that confidence anytime. Mm-hmm. I was a performer. That was my sport. Like I can put on a show. You let me know when and where and I'll be there and it'll be a good time. But the self belief is the issue for me. That's the internalization of confidence. You know, I can do it, I can look good, I can feel good, but is it that I get, like own it and I, and I act on it. So I'm learning to do that. That's something that I'm definitely working on and I'm excited to go through your course and really learn a lot about myself. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just with time experience, unfortunately. Um, my last job, I was the female office or doctor in the office and my boss was, I mean, he was a little bit older than me and I would walk in the room and introduce myself. Hi, Dr. Spana Gardner. Nice to meet you. We're gonna do an exam, blah, 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 blah. And we get to x-rays and stuff. And all of a sudden the guy would look at me and be like, so when's the doctor coming in? I'm like, Oh, Oh, I, I, hi that's, that's, said, me, doctor, that's hi, me. me hello hello, hello. not <laughs> an assistant and don't get me wrong they are so important but like yeah no i'm your doctor i will be treating you today <laughs> yeah of course they look at me and size me up because i'm a small blonde and <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's its whole other thing too oh, yeah is being a generally attractive female oh that's a whole other thing Right. And you're touching people all the time. We've talked about this in your office, right? Where it's like, you have to like touch their butts a lot. She touches my butt Mm -hmm. all the time.
1: (laughs) I know. (laughs) This is a really interesting podcast. That's that's my favorite move that the chiropractor does is like when they press on your butt and push your leg down and Mm -hmm. the whole thing. That is it feels so good in your back.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. people are always like you don't have to say that every time I'm like no, but you you don't understand I do. Like when I when I'm doing an exam yeah. there's something where I press on your lower back and I lift your leg up and I'm checking for SI joint movement and I will literally say, "I'm going to place my hand under your knee and press where you sit. Is that okay?" And they'll be like they're like you don't have to ask. I'm like, "I know. I've said that, but mm-hmm. I just, you know, I have to guard myself and protect myself, especially being mm-hmm. a woman. And when I'm working on men, that's a whole other thing too. I don't want to ever be misconstrued, and you know, I just have to always be cautious about that and protect myself. Um, so even if people like are like, you don't have to say it, I'm like, it's okay, I'm still gonna say it, but we'll just ignore me, it's fine, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just
0: continue to remind people that they can say no. Too. Right.
2: And I, I teach that to my kids, my pa- pediatric patients a lot. I always say to them, like, if you're not comfortable with something, I want you to tell me. And I tell them you have that responsibility and you have that. Uh, I want you to feel comfortable mm-hmm. saying no or asking me questions and stuff. And I'll say it in front of the parents. And sometimes, you know, I don't want to say controlling, but sometimes parents want to be like the leader in the room. And I try to always put that back on the kid. Like I want them to be yeah. in charge of their appointment and tell me what they're comfortable with. And, you know, especially special needs kids. Some days we don't even adjust. I mean, they don't even want to get on the table, but that's okay. That's fine. We'll come back and do it, but I'm never going to do something you're not comfortable with. Even babies, if they're losing their minds, like that is not consent to me. You know, I want to meet you at where you're at, especially as someone who does neurologic stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. we just, that's just so important to me. So that's a whole thing, but yeah, it's been a journey trying to get comfortable being a doctor and being 26. I mean, I graduated college a year early and then I went to an accelerated chiropractic school. Like it was just an accelerated program. So instead of like 20 to 30 credit hours we were doing like 34 to 37 every 11 weeks. So, yeah, I had no life, but I loved every wow. second of it. I would do it again. It was just the coolest experience. Talk about learning about who you are and what you're capable of. Um that is where I've gained my confidence and I and I tap back into that when I'm trying to find that self-belief of like if I can
0: do that, I can do anything. Yeah. Right. And That's think, where resilience comes from. Yeah. It's like go do some really hard shit and yeah. then you're like <laughs> <laughs> I got this. Right. Yeah. It was that's funny when I compared to that. Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: When I'd approach like my big scary exams and stuff, I'd always be like, I have twirled in three national championship games. This is nothing like <laughs> yeah. I asked Nick Saban to move out of my spot on the field one time. And if you're a football
0: fan, you get it. But <laughs> <laughs> that's my spot. Go yeah. ahead and
1: talk about that. Cause we, Caitlin touched at the point that you're an athlete and, yes. and you touched on the things a few times. So, so.
2: super random. I was a baton twirler. And is that a thing here? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, is it? I think so. You need a baton
2: twirler in your talent show for the nuns.
1: I can totally (laughs) make that happen. Oh, yes. Twirler. The nun twirler. (gasps) We're right in a part yep I'm texting Rhonda right after this
0: I don't have to be I can just teach the one <laughs> she could just come on stage just in the background twirling like a, just an, uh, a little extra yeah a little extra just walk
1: around I'm feeling it <laughs> yeah our lighting person will probably be like <laughs> yeah you have to send the lights
2: always I'll, had to do that for me yeah <laughs> yeah, that's but, funny but so. yeah my mom was a baton twirler she twirled at the University of Alabama and as a little kid growing up I always just want to be my mom right and so um I she put me in all the other sports was like you don't have to do this. I want you to do what you're, you know, you want to do. And finally, one day, I think I was doing like grand jetés across the soccer field. And I looked at my mom, like, can I twirl now? Like, can yeah. I do this? Yeah. So finally she became my coach and, um, I ended up getting pretty good. I mean, I was doing like state and national competitions and stuff. Um, and I also was a ballerina, so I did dance and that's why I think I love theater and, and show so much. I'm like, Oh, it just brings me back to those days. But like catch me at a nutcracker every Christmas. I'm like, front row there. Um but um yeah I was that's that was my sport and it's kinda weird. I can't just go do that now because it look like I'm in the freaking circus if you catch me at the gym (laughs) doing like three batons. But so I'm learning how to play golf. Maybe that'll fill the void. Uh still a stick, right? Yeah
0: I was gonna say I would probably twirl with it a little bit. Yep,
2: that's my that's my power move. Um, oh, that's <laughs> hilarious. That's great. But yeah, I, I guess because of my sister and stuff, I just, I mean, gosh, I'd get up in the morning and twirl, and then I'd go to school, and then I'd go to ballet for four hours, and then I would maybe twirl again at night, and that was just my thing. And so I was super focused on it. Um, the year my sister died, I was 14. Um, I think I, you know, as a child processing grief, I just put it into my sport, and so I was getting really good, and I ended up winning like my state title that year, and I was preparing for nationals, and I hurt my back, and ended up having what we call a spondylolisthesis, where it's a fracture of the pars interarticularis. So important parts of your bones and it starts sliding. <laughs> thank you,
1: thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yep, yep.
2: So I had a fracture on both sides and, and fortunately that becomes unstable. And so how did you injure it? tumbling. If you, I mean, if you watch someone do a back handspring, like it's, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Right. But then you add a baton to it. I have to do it three times faster and I have to look up really fast and find the baton before it hits me in the head or if I'm doing front walkovers and stuff. So I was training for nationals and just pushing myself to the absolute limit. And I mean, I do believe that trauma and things can also lead to injury as well. So, um, I think, you know, there's a lot of co-founding factors in the issue, but I ended up injuring my back and went to the surgeon because I just was in so much pain. I wish I would have gone to a chiropractor or PT or something. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I got into what I do. But, um, you know, they were like, there's nothing we can do. They're like, never sent me to PT or Cairo or anything. And they said, you know, when you feel like you need surgery, you just let us know, but we can't do this right now. Your growth plates are still open. Um, so it, we're just going to l- write it out. You want to keep tumbling? Fine. Just be careful. And that was all I was told. So went back to my sport, <laughs> kept doing Yeah, it, You're and, like, okay, yeah, great, cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm not dying. Got it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so I knew it was always on the radar and then, um, ended up doing that was a majorette in my high school and doing all the things. And then I remember when I was 17, I went to reach for the remote while I was watching TV one day and I just couldn't move. Um, it was, I couldn't, I f- couldn't figure out if like my nerves weren't working or if I was just in so much pain, I couldn't move. And I just remember
0: being like, okay, it's time. So Isn't I had crazy yeah. reaching for the remote. Yep. It's, mm-hmm. a it's little like things. It totally. Yeah. There was, <laughs> we were in California once and, uh, Luke had been having like lower back spasm mm-hmm. stuff and somebody said something really funny and he like threw his head back to laugh and Whiplash. then like couldn't <laughs> move. Yeah. And literally like, you know, those fainting goats that's mm-hmm. like literally what happened. And he like <laughs> fell over and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And we were like all still kind of laughing. And he was like, no, seriously, like I, I can't move. Yeah. And we were like, what are you going to tell the ER doc? Like you were laughing. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like
2: the stories I hear. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, That's what we joke. I'm like yeah. sleep injury, Yeah, you know,
0: but yeah, reaching for the remote. Yep. And there you are at 17. Just yep. like, okay, now I can't function.
2: Yep. And so I finally looked at my mom. I was like, "Okay, it's time. Let's go see the surgeon." And we scheduled the surgery. And a month later, I had a spinal fusion. So I have two rods in my back and a couple screws, and they stabilized my L5 S1. So um, that was an interesting journey. I had to go back to high school in a walker and a back brace, which was interesting. And
0: um, mm, yeah. but you know, not just, even physically, but mentally.
2: I think that's why I'm so comfortable being goofy and like just oh well. Uh huh. I mean, I remember a kid telling, like, looking at my back brace, being like. Are you part robotic? And I was like, Yeah, and I'll beat your like booty. <laughs> I didn't say booty, but <laughs> that's okay. Watch out! Like, <laughs> you can, you can I, say, I've got a titanium say. back. I can do some damage. Yeah. So you know, I just I always got comfortable being in that situation. So um, that was my injury and my surgery. And I remember the doctor at like the day after the surgery came in and checked on me, and he's like, Okay, so you're gonna do a desk job from now on and don't lift, and you know, just be careful. Good luck. And so I was like, okay, so that's what I'm going to do. So, I mean, I looked into sports psychology. I'm like, what am I going to do? And there were so many other routes I thought about being a dietitian because of my sister. And all of a sudden I went back to my sport, thankfully. And that kind of was just a big deal for me. Um, and I was able to twirl in college still, but I think it was that resilience of watching my sister have all these, you know, scary things and being like, if she can do it, I can do it. So tapped back into like my superpower as I call it. And I just got back to my sport and ended up being able to twirl at the university of Alabama and follow my mom's footsteps. Um, and it gives it, me like a little bit of a chill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know if you stalk me on Instagram, we did twirl at my wedding. <laughs> I did see that. I, mean, yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah, watched yeah. your wedding video. It's a tradition. We do Alabama. <laughs> nah, it's fine. I feel like no. that's normal these days. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I got back into my sport. I was in college. I was in pain. My athletic trainer was sick of me complaining. She was like, that's it. You're going to the chiropractor. And I was terrified because my surgeon was like, don't go to the chiropractor. Don't do this. Don't do that. Sure. You know? And so I was like, okay, fine. So I finally went, felt so much better. I was able to continue to, you know, do my sport and everything. And it was just life changing for me. And at that point I was like, okay, so maybe I do want to be a PT or a chiro or something and started shadowing. And that's kind of how I found chiropractic. But yeah, that was my sport and I loved it. And it's still a huge part of my life. And there's so many times where I tap into those experiences. Like I said, like, yeah, I twirled at three national championship games. I had a ESPN camera in my face and trying to look cute and still like do the right thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. But those are together. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I tap into that. Wow.
1: And that's why you want to work with sports people too. I love my athletes. I feel like they want to get better. Um, So let me ask you some logistical questions about the business. So do you take insurance or do people pay you outright only? Do they buy like memberships or how does all of it work with you?
2: Yeah. So I ended up being a cash practice just because of my experience in the insurance. I am, like I said earlier, I'm not your typical chiropractor. Most chiropractors see like anywhere from six to eight patients in an hour. And so because of that, yeah, that's what I would do at my last job. In an hour. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm not good know. at
0: math, but yeah, but <laughs> if you're doing like that
2: insurance pays for it and that's fine. But if not, then you're not making any money. I mean, like Medicare patients and stuff, I'd get paid $9 for a whole hour if they didn't pay their exam fee and stuff. So it was one of those things that I just got into cash because I just couldn't do my job without them telling me what to do. So, um, and you guys talked about that with Dr. Streets, which yeah, I'm so glad you had that conversation because I think it's hard for patients to understand. And I think eventually this is all going to shift a little bit, but I do too. I'm happy to provide people a super bill, and they can take it to their insurance and get reimbursed. And in fact, they'll probably get more money than I would have ever gotten, right? So it just we f- we find the loophole in the system, and we try to make it reasonable. I'm always happy to work with people, but um, I ended up just doing cash because I just practice different, and I need time with people for the way that I work. So I just unfortunately insurance just doesn't cover it. But
1: so do you do a like buy ten and it costs this, or buy or do they pay per?
2: I haven't done that yet. And it's definitely something that I need to like look into business wise. Um, but every person's different and I just don't know how you're going to respond. I think it's negligible for me to be like, yeah, this is going to take 20 visits here and you're going to be perfectly fine. And it might just be three. And so I feel almost like I, I dabble in the idea of doing packages, but everyone's different and every situation is mm-hmm. different. So it's very hard for me to be like, yeah, let's get this and do eight visits here. And I'm not going to waste your time and money. If you're getting better, then I'm going to let you go. Or if you well, not go, you can always come back for a tune up.
0: You're like, I'll see you in three weeks. I was like, but I want to come sooner. Yeah. But that's something I need to
2: look into. I know I definitely need to hunker down and get more businessy with things. I am. I love what I do. I love being a doc and working with people, but the business side of it is not the most fun thing. And I see why people are associates. It's just, easier in some ways and you get to do what you love doing and there's nothing wrong with that um, but there's just I had to start a business because nobody really does what I do and yeah so unfortunately that's just how it
0: fell into my lap or fortunately or yeah. fortunately yeah <laughs> I
2: loved it it's been interesting
1: for sure those are the parts I love yeah <laughs> like oh all those little business aspects yeah which is funny I should have majored in business why I don't know you think they would have taught you things? You Probably not, actually. Just learn mm-hmm. in the streets? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I pro- And it would have all changed from when I went to school to now Absolutely. with all of the software and all of those things. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess hands-on is uh, the best way. Yeah, I think so.
0: especially now it's like, I don't know. I'm of the mind, like if you need to go to college to get Mm -hmm. a higher degree to do what you want to do, you want to be an engineer, you want to be a chiropractor, you want to be a dentist, um, you know, you whatever requires that degree, go do that. Amazing. If you're going to go party like most People when they go to a four year school, yeah. you know, like great, but also it's a really expensive party. A very expensive, <laughs> party. you know what I mean? That's yeah. really expensive. So I'm like, go to a trade school, mm-hmm. you know, go Big to a trade school. Take a year off and go see what you want to do. Yeah, you know, you are eighteen.
1: Like, I love all the gap year options that they have yeah. and like Take them. international travel. It's like you have no responsibility. Please just go do that right now. Yeah. I and wish I would have done it. Learn about yourself mm-hmm. and what your interests are.
0: Yeah, You know what I mean? Like I I thought I wanted to be a teacher. Well, in a roundabout way, I sort of am and not even a teacher of students. Like I love helping adults and specifically women, you know, right. become more of who they are and all of that. Like I love coaching and I get to do that now in my business. But had you said that to me at 18, I would have been like, I don't know what I want to do. Like, I know I like kids and I like human development, but yeah. what does that look like right know, right <laughs> And <laughs> I would have never
1: thought at 18 I'd open my own no. business. But it's, no. it's life experience but right. I do love brings it. I love that love you to
2: where you're at. You There's know? a huge difference between education and knowledge. I used yeah. to, I actually taught at um, a college in Georgia when we lived there. I was an anatomy and physiology teacher there and I taught all nursing students and a couple other like pre-med students. And that was something that I finally learned at the end of chiropractic school is that it's just an institution. Don't get me wrong. I love the college I went to, but all they're trying to do is get you to pass the board. All yeah. they're, tr- that's all they need to do to keep their accreditation. Right. It's your job to become the doctor. It's your job to become whatever profession you're getting into. You're not going to learn that in school. Knowledge is not education. And yes, education is important. You have to have that baseline. But like if you don't go out and continue to learn, we talked about that earlier. If you're not staying up on your CEs and actually doing them, like, yes, it's really easy to sit at home and do an online course sometimes, but if you're not actually like giving yourself the time and invested in it. You're just like walking around cleaning and stuff, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I do every now and then, but that's what (laughs) podcasts are for. But if you're not continuing to grow and always finding a way to get better or something to learn more about, then you're really doing a disservice, yes, to your patients, but more to yourself. I mean if you're not continuing to learn, then it's not even a journey anymore. It's just a job. Yeah. Yeah. So I tell my nursing students all the time, like you guys this is important. You better know this. And if I'm going to be upset if I come in one time because I've been in a car accident. You don't know what region of the body you're <laughs> sure. working in. But at the same time, it's your job to go get experience, go shadow, go learn, yeah. ask the questions.
1: I think that's the great thing about this community that we're building here and that is, you know, in place in Moore County, but without any type of organization to yeah. it is we do all have these experiences because I'm like, I love this business aspect. Mm -hmm. And Caitlin's like, (laughs)
0: yeah, yeah. The startup, like, 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 great. I can do the startup, but you know, but where I, I want the teams. teams. (laughs) I want the people. I want the leaders. I want to connect.
2: That's what I miss about being on my own right now. I miss the connection with people. It's a little bit
0: lonely. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we talk about all the time that when you own a business, it can be very lonely at the top. And we find that almost after every podcast, once we stop recording and we like go downstairs and people are getting ready to leave, we're like, Oh, now we're talking down here for like 45 minutes because it's like, Hey, what, what are you doing for this? Or like, I had this happen, blah, blah, blah. blah. And then we're like, Oh, we've had something similar happen. It's, it opens up the dialogue to just be vulnerable and honest that you don't necessarily have a platform for all the time. It's like, we have to come together and have these conversations because it does get really lonely and you don't have, especially when you work by yourself, like, yes, you see people, but you're on all the time right you know it's hard to be on all the time
2: when oh, I come <laughs> home and I'm so quiet I think I said it earlier I'm comfortable in the quiet because growing up you know I I can sit at my my love language is quality time mm-hmm. I'm definitely that person like oh, I'll just come run errands with you and we won't have to talk I just want to <laughs> sit there <laughs> yeah <laughs> because that's how I hung out with my sister that's how I connected yeah. with her is just being so when I get home from work, I'm exhausted. The last thing I want to do is talk. Cause I've talked, talk, talk, talk all day. And my husband's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm great. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, but you're quiet. I'm like, I know. I How know. I love you. <laughs> 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 I just need to be. <laughs> yeah,
0: it is. It's, it's a very interesting journey.
2: What do y'all, I mean, is there anything as I mean, cause I see y'all, I mean, I look up to you so much. Is there anything you would say mentoring wise for me as a young business owner at this age? Like, is there anything that just stands out in this conversation that you're like, "Oh, take this home Savannah, and run with it. <laughs> We're
1: like, Ooh, Savannah, <laughs> oh, here, take this advice. I would say just having systems in place right. for growth yeah. and figuring out how you're going to handle that. And having a wait list is always an incredible problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quality problems, how you're going to figure out the tracking systems for all of that, who's going to handle the communication for you because you can't communicate while you're with a patient. So, um, as far as like setting up a routine and system for time management for that. Um, and I know like with our, uh, speech pathologist, she has a virtual assistant. So if I have to change anything, like I do not talk to her about next appointment or anything like that. I just have to send a text to her virtual assistant and she handles all the scheduling and everything for her. So just being able to free up what you don't love and what drains you yeah. so that the business doesn't become a burden mm-hmm. um, is the biggest thing. There's certain things that I do that I do not like doing, but I have to do them Or I say that I have to do them or think I have to do them, but I don't. There's Mm -hmm. other people that are capable
0: of doing these things. But for now, you're choosing to do them for whatever reason.
1: Right. So like, you know, at the beginning when you're hustling and financial reasons until you build up Mm -hmm. a good clientele in a business, you have to hustle and put more hours in. But eventually choose like, okay, this is going to be the thing that I can delegate out. This is the thing that drains me that I know someone else is capable of doing. Right. Um, and just being able to start delegating those things out and having the systems in place to do it without as, you know, as little as possible slipping through the cracks.
0: And you've been pretty smart about scheduling and stuff like that. Like that's all done through the patient portal. Like I can go in and change an appointment. Um, I don't have to like text you to say like, Hey, you know, I I need to reschedule or whatever. Like you can go in and reschedule your own appointment and all that. That was huge for me. I was like, I have to have the online portal. It takes the pressure off me.
1: Yeah. And I would think with a scheduling thing too, making sure that you have policies and stuff in place to respect your time. Yeah, needs to be a big I've got to start doing that.
2: I'm, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I try to be like, yeah, it happens. Like, you miss an appointment, fine. But like, if it keeps happening, I'm gonna have to charge it. But that's so hard for me. And as a provider, it's that's been the biggest issue. I think I'm never, I've never been comfortable talking about money with people. I don't, I don't like if I could do what I do free sign me up. I always say if I won the lottery today, I would still show mm-hmm. up tomorrow and do my job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I'm going to have to get comfortable with, but I hate not being able to look at my secretary and be like, Hey, can you handle this situation? Cause I, I used to right. be able to do that my last job. And now I have to be like, okay, I understand that this is, you know, my time is my time is worth something. But at the same time, I, I have to always step back and ask myself like, would I pay for this? So that was just a huge thing for me, but I, I have to get comfortable
1: charging. No yeah. Having a cancellation
0: stuff. policy. And yeah. I think that is an absolute
1: realistic expectation right. for any business.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: what I've learned is if it's a priority for them, they will make it happen. And so like you can't bend over backwards and be like, you canceled on me four times, but sure, I'll still stay late for you Uh Friday night when my husband's at home waiting. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: When If it was a priority, they would have made it happen to come during the four times they were supposed to come. right? And it's hard to set that boundary. But that's why if you have policies and procedures and it's laid out up front, you're not like personally setting that boundary. It's like a parenting thing I learned like, my child is in timeout, and Alexa is telling you when you're allowed to get out. So it's not like we're on the Jetsons. Yeah, like. so it's not like I, it was actually. I learned it in Montessori training. So like this timer lets you know yeah, yeah. when this is done, right. and so it's not like putting it. And off, you set the timer. The child sets the timer. The so, child oh, sets the it. timer, and this timer will let you know when you're done. So it's not me, the teacher. Where does one get this said timer?
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's a little sand. Well, here's what you do is like, you know, if you're having trouble sticking to your 30 minute appointments and then all of a sudden people are waiting, you literally set the timer and you're like, Hey, just so you know, I set my 30 minute timer. Um, so let's get going, you know? And it doesn't have to be this big deal or whatever it is,
1: but, um, but yeah. yeah, that's the mentality thing, though. If you have the policies and procedures, right. you refer them to the policies and procedures, not to you personally. Right. Right. But I'm sorry, but the policy is. And even you've though, signed it. Even though I you know. wrote not the you, policy. They. I know. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. But it's always like, oh, no, we refer back to this. Yeah. I, I am this. This is part of right. who I am as a practice. I wrote this, like you said. Mm-hmm. But. This is the policy that you signed. Yeah. When you decided to have a relationship with me. Yeah. And so, if you cross that boundary in our relationship, then here is the consequence of crossing the boundary. Right. And it's. I mean, it just. And it's okay. Listen, fierce and loving leadership. There's I'm a whole so week ready. on boundaries. Good. Okay. <laughs> there you go.
2: And uh, your
1: whole gonna, mindset thing. Yeah. It really is, and you're going to be so busy and have such a long wait list that it's okay. I you nerded can- out the other day because I had
2: one wait list. I was like, I made it. Oh yeah. Celebrate <laughs> those little things. Little wins. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: And I think that is a really big thing. Like, yeah celebrating the small wins and they're, and never expecting that there's not going to be any problems. It's just the quality of problems that you want to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So a waitlist will present its own new problems, but it won't be the same problems as not having enough clients to fill your calendar. Yeah. So it's like, no, no, I'm not looking for no problems in my life or yeah. in my business. I'm just looking for quality problems in my business. Yeah. And that just happens as you grow and evolve. And I think along the same lines, it's like, have a trajectory. Know what you want in the next year. Yeah, what does that look like? What does it feel like? You know? How do you see yourself in that? And then connection, you have to have the connection. Because if you don't have the connection with other people, you're going to be lonely. And that's when burnout happens. Right. And you can have the connection with your husband and you can have it with friends. But as a new business owner, even as a seasoned business owner, how often do you make time to go hang out with your friends? And I will tell you, when your husband comes back, that looks a little bit different because you have less, quote, free time. You're not like, Oh, Hey, I'm, I've already like, I've cleaned my house. Like you guys want to meet up, yeah. you know, because you're open, you yeah. get to do your own thing. <laughs> and then you'll, you know, you'll hang out with him. It's you like know? the Barbie movie. I just watched it this weekend. It's like you girls did. night every night, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. but that doesn't happen. Oh, yeah. And even when it does, oftentimes, you know, in your friendship circle, you don't have a lot of the same, um, like problems because, you know, I have a lot of friends that like are either in school or stay at home moms or, you know, work a nine to five job. And we just don't deal with the same things, you know, during our day to day. And so it's like, okay, well we can talk about like mom life and we can talk about, um, you know, these other things that are great and they fill my cup, but also surrounding yourself with women that are doing some of the same things as you, and you can bounce ideas off of and get feedback. Like, that is my biggest piece of advice is surround yourself with women that elevate you. And then as you start to grow, then you get to also mentor these other people, but you never want to be like the most successful
1: person in the room. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's been so important for us. And that's why we love doing this podcast. Cause it's like, facilitating that as well because we do have like a mom's night out that I have with my friends and I love it and it is so important to me and I still do that along with you know meeting with other business owners because it's also sometimes nice to get away and not talk about yeah, 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 of business course. stuff too sure, yeah. so it's the balance between like we're just talking about being moms of all these crazy kids mm-hmm. and um enjoying that and then yeah having the balance of also people going through the same struggles of you as you as a business owner and getting their advice and how did you handle this and how would you handle that? And I did not have that up until us doing this podcast, like at all other than occasionally like texting Caitlin or anytime we'd get together. I'm like, we need to talk more often. I know we'd say that every time. Yeah.
2: You never regret the conversation. You're always like, Oh, such a better person or I just feel better. Yes. I just
0: feel you. It sounds so dumb, but like it fills your cup, you know, like it really, really does. And that's what connection does because we are human beings. And we, since the dawn of time have been in community, right? The fact that we have separated ourselves so much and we have, have these digital communities is becoming an issue mm-hmm. we need the human face-to-face interaction where you can see somebody where you can connect with them look into their eyes yeah. and say as i'm looking into your eyes i right know now, we're <laughs> like, oh, is- oh lord is this going on here your we page? go here we go <laughs> with yeah. your bunions yeah with the bunions in the fingers we're yes but you need that connection because it releases those endorphins and the dopamine you yeah. feel good from that mm-hmm. so We have a few things up our sleeve on, on some, uh, ways that we're going to get some people together, yeah, some women in business together, because we, we crave it. We need it and we need to make time for it. And you're right. We never regret it. Never. Yeah.
2: I mean, just being high maintenance is okay because you're taking care of yourself and Mm -hmm. what that looks like. If that's self care, fine. If that's meeting with people, if that's calling a certain person, like that was something I learned really quickly. Um, was just learning to find what relationship in my life helps fill what cup, like this is my mm-hmm. business cup. I'm going to feel so good. I can't wait to go to work today and work on people. Like I'm going to be so motivated, but who do I call when I need to vent about something? And they're not going to say anything. They're just going to listen. Or who do uh-huh. I call when I need to be pumped up? Or who do I call when I need to run relationship stuff by like mm-hmm. you know you shouldn't ask everyone that like who do you oh, you know like yes learning to set that boundary talking about boundaries of like okay I want to call that person because they provide this you know this piece for me but that's not who I need to ask about this thing or, yep. and just being okay with that and mm-hmm. and and two being that friend being like hey I might not have good advice for you but I can listen or like how can I help you in this situation but I might not be the right person to have this conversation with too but that, I mean that goes also with my job like you know hey I'm a chiropractor and this is what I can do but this is a hormone issue and you need to go see someone for this and yeah. here I'll write you a referral but learning to step back and be like, that's not what I bring to the table here, but let's find out who does. And like you said, this platform here is such a great way to do that. You guys are, I can't tell you how much I've learned in the few episodes and just being able to, oh. I mean, seriously, I'm sitting at home like, Oh, or I'm going like my hot girl walk when I got my dog. I'm like making notes on my phone. I'm like, Oh, that was life-changing. The restart thing. You talked about putting your son in his crib and like letting oh, him yeah, have a moment oh yeah Yeah. I forgot about that I had a really (laughs) bad day the next day after listening (laughs) to that podcast and I was like you know what I'm gonna go sit in my I went in my room I shut my little glass door my little box at the gym and I sat on my table for like two minutes I was like okay I'm gonna restart the day and it was life-changing and it's just like the little things like that that you learn from other people is just it's invaluable and I I mean thank y'all for creating this space because it's as a new business owner and as a young woman, I mean, I've learned so much and I can't wait to continue to learn. I yeah. mean, you just, you just don't realize how much this impacts people or maybe you do, but
0: I know, no,
2: no. <laughs>
1: You, you don't, I mean, I text we my girlfriend. We just come have fun. I, yeah, I have yeah. a
2: group of girlfriends from chiropractic school that I like send episodes to. And, like you will have oh. got to listen to this because some of them are working on opening their own practice right now yeah. or they're an, an associate and they love it and they want to stay that way and that's fine, but they're still
0: learns like things to learn. Of you course.
2: Know? Just because you're an associate doesn't mean you run your own business in a way, you know, yeah.
0: your, your business is your business. Right. And you still <laughs> are in a leadership influential position. Right. Yeah. And I think that's probably the biggest, you know, as we're talking, the biggest, Biggest piece of advice, I think, for any leader and you as a new business owner is to come up with the routines and rituals that serve you. Yeah. That if you have a crappy day, if you have a bad experience with a client, if they say something about your practice on social media or, you know, all these things are going to happen at some point. It's because not a matter of days. Right. It's you can't when, please it's all the people no. all the time if you have boundaries. Now, if you're a people pleaser and you decide to say, oh yeah, I can help you with that knowing very well that that's not your niche, but you're like, oh, I got to please the people. Um, it will happen right. <laughs> at some point. And to know how to pull yourself out of that yeah, and to say, okay, I can be sad about this. I'm going to cry a little bit. I'm going to let myself sit in these feelings. And then what are the steps that I take to participate in my own survival Mm -hmm. so I don't live here? It is okay to feel all the feels and then to say like, okay, now I'm going to go out and go for a walk. I'm going to journal a little bit on this. Okay. I'm going to listen to this podcast. I'm going to go watch a really funny movie so I can laugh and release some endorphins.
1: Or sometimes it brings a huge change in the way you do stuff. Like for me, if, if I get one of those complaints, I'm like... I bet it derived from this. And if I just make this change and taking what you get to do on the other side of pulling yourself out of the shit, right? Right. So when you're journaling or when you're walking or however you process that is like, okay, well, what can I do to prevent this from happening? I can either realize this actually has nothing to do with me as a business owner in person, or, well, maybe I could change this a Uh little bit. So yeah, that's part of pulling yourself out of it is taking that time to reflect and then just move forward. Yeah. And knowing,
0: you know, knowing how you show up to be like the best part of you, right? you know, in different aspects of your life, because it's not going to be the same with your patients as it is with your husband. Right. It's not going to be the same with your husband as it is showing up with your mom. You know what I mean? Like we wear so many different hats and to know here are the things that I do to make me be, you know, the best person that I can be. How dumb is that saying? But like realistically, how do I show up in the best headspace? Right. Is that's it.
2: Yeah, and that's something I like. I talking about creating systems and stuff. That's something goal wise and building my practice. Eventually, I want to be able to do the things that I want to do, and then also allow someone else to learn. Because I mean, yeah, I'm in the thick of it right now. Like I'll take anything, right? Like I'm like, yeah, get on my schedule. That helps me, but. I want to get to a point where I can mentor a younger doctor and have her, or him, whoever it is, you know, have those experiences too. But I look forward to the days where we'll be like, no, that's, you can do that. Cause I have this. And mm-hmm. like this summer I've been working with a college golfer and he works so freaking hard. And I leave those appointments like, now I got to go work harder. You know, like it's, yeah. those are the kind of appointments Inspires that I you. like, yeah, mm-hmm. but I want to get to the point and it almost sounds selfish, but I want to get to the point where it's like, no, I only work with that because,
1: yeah. or you can mentor an older doctor. Oh, that's true. I know. (laughs) See over here, I'm like, (laughs) Aversion, aversion. Aversion. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's fine. The imposter syndrome is
1: raging. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's definitely something that you'd be capable of doing, especially if they've only been an associate in a practice and they want to explore, like, same thing as you. Like, I need more time with these people, this, like rotating people through five minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. That is very common. Well, yeah. I mean, I go to the chiropractor sometimes just for like a, a quick fix and I'm only there for five minutes. Yeah.
2: Sometimes that's all it takes. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes that's it's an all, hour. Right.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. But in some places don't give you that flexibility. So yeah. being able to even train someone that's older than you on doing that may be freeing for them and life changing. Yeah. Them I think too. it's values based, right? You yeah.
0: attract somebody who has the same values and, and beliefs in their practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm for sure. I mean, I went out to
2: California and did some, I I did some training with the Titleist Institute. So I work a lot with professional like level golfers and stuff. Um, and talk about being very isolated because I'm one of the only females in the room. Mm -hmm. I'm in a very male dominated field. Mm -hmm. Then I go into a male dominated sport and say, Hey, I want to be a part of this. Um, and that was just a huge thing of kind of stepping back and be like, no, I got this. Like I, I do belong here. But that whole time I'm like, raging imposter syndrome, sitting there at the table after talking with the other guys and they're sharing all their business experience and stuff. And then all of a sudden they're looking at me like, no, I was watching how you took notes today and the way that you're thinking through things and the questions you asked, like they were looking up to me and I'm like, Oh, I can, I can do that. Like, okay. Okay. Again, <laughs> it's that age. And just yeah. and sometimes it is my femininity. Is that yeah. a word? Femininity? It mm-hmm. is. Oh wow. That was a really good word. <laughs> good yeah, job. Was good word. <laughs> Thanks guys. Um, but just like embracing that and feeling comfortable in it. Yes. That's something that I'm really working on right now is to get comfortable being a woman in the field and, and learning to take advantage of that. I think a lot of people like to see me cause I'm a woman, you know, I mean, I prefer to see female providers in a lot of situations, so mm-hmm. it's fine, but getting comfortable with that has been hard too, as a yeah. chiropractor. Um, I remember in school, like guys were so quick to be like, "Oh, let me help you with this," and it's like, "No, I like I have to finesse this and learn how to do it on my own." Thank you. So, sure.
0: But their masculine energy says, "Let me provide you with a solution. Here, oh, yeah. I know how to do this. Let me fix this for you." And you I've know? got masculine energy too. I mean, I grew up. Same. I was the only girl in my neighborhood. I will throw
2: y'all my first y'all. <laughs> let me first of all let's start there. <laughs> y'all, uh, my first car was a truck,
0: and so <laughs>
2: I was that girl that showed up like with my truck to school and stuff. But learning to take that and run with it too. I mean, I love to. Well,
0: it's a balance it's a balance it's a balance, mm-hmm. a balance of the feminine and the masculine I'm the girliest yes, tomboy you've ever met yeah
1: i love it <laughs> yeah um tell us your website how people can find oh, yeah. you so
2: family so like and co talking about tiffany earlier and co <laughs> um so yeah that's how you find me familyco.com. you can find me on instagram um family and co chiropractic
1: and that's that's where i'm at yeah all right well i'll definitely be having to come over there as you can see i would sit with my hand behind my back because my <laughs> lower back is hurting right now like, we need an adjustment uh, need and my exact. ankle keeps popping can you check those for me right she now she actually
0: can't isn't that your favorite thing to adjust that's one of my favorite joints yeah is if it's not the spine i
2: want to adjust the ankle
1: yeah oh okay all right we'll we'll do a real of it
2: people are gonna be like this is the creepiest chiropractor we're talking about bunions feet ankles it's fine it's happening it's fine it's great guys all i right. promise i'm normal yeah, no, <laughs> no, she totally is not. she is she is normal she's totally
0: normal she's great highly recommend five stars Yeah. <laughs> oh thank you thank you so well. much for coming on this yeah. was a great time and yes. I mean it
2: when I say thank y'all for what you do because I mean again I have learned so much and I'm just getting started so oh
0: thanks thank yeah. you that means that, a lot I does. hate hearing it I know I'm like, Ugh, okay I, know. <laughs> I just want to do the thing I You're don't like, need I hate it but tell me more
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right Bye. bye <laughs>